0: Hi everyone, I'm Helen Johnston and I'm Marley
1: Davis-Martin and you're listening to
0: Heal yeah. yeah, the UNC podcast where we interview
1: the movers and shakers of UNC Chapel Hill. So we're going
0: to start the podcast by talking a little bit about what to expect from Heal yeah. We'll be releasing
1: episodes twice a month and we aim to empower you our listeners through podcasting about campus issues, organizations, and diverse perspectives. The best part about Helia is
0: it will never be more than 15 minutes long, so you can easily pop in our pod between classes.
1: So for our first episode, we're going to introduce you to us, your co-hosts. So let's talk a little bit about Helen. She was born in Chicago, and she moved to Park City, Utah, when she was 10. But while she was in Chicago, she grew up in Boys Town. And could you explain that a little bit more? Because I was kind of confused when you first talked about it with me.
0: Yeah, so it's actually a neighborhood within Chicago. If any of you are familiar with Chicago, it has um, a couple of different areas, known for different things, like we have Little India, like Chinatown, that type of thing. And Boys Town is actually named due to its prevalent homosexuality, because a lot of older gay couples live there. So growing up, I was just surrounded by homosexual couples, and my neighbors were gay. Uh, The pastor at my church was lesbian. My uncle was gay. It was just super normal for me to see homosexual couples, and actually, I kind of thought my parents were weird because they were heterosexual, and I was like, all right, you guys do you, but everyone else around me is like the same sex. So it's just a really, I think, unique way of growing up that actually... I didn't really realize like how different it contributed to the way I looked at the world because I was never introduced like being gay was never introduced to me as a concept. It was always just I grew up with the belief that you married who you loved most in the world. And to me growing up, that was my best friend who was a female. And I just always assumed we were gonna get married. I would always assume we were both gonna get pregnant when we wanted to have kids. And then with heterosexual couples, the mom would just get pregnant, and then with gay couples, The men would just like ask the stork for a baby and the next day would just be dropped off at their door. So just a very, I think, unique outlook. And it really wasn't until I moved to Utah that I realized not everyone has that same outlook on homosexual couples.
1: So even though you moved to Utah when you were 10, you went to boarding school soon after at 14. While you were at boarding school, you got involved in a lot of social activism movements and organizations. Could you talk a little bit about your women's rights club that you started and then the boys' rights club that was started in response? It was also started. (laughs) Big fans of men's rights movement.
0: (laughs) Just kidding. That was ridiculous and that was sad. Um, Yeah, so my junior year, I started a women's rights club called RAP, Women's Rights Awareness Program, and in response, some crazy creative cadets, as we call them, created Mr. AP um, Men's Rights Awareness Program, and I don't know if they actually had any meetings. I just, I think they just, they just felt there was no need for a feminist organization on campus, which I found extremely frustrating because I think there's always a need for organizations that advocate for equality. Because if you don't consistently have those, it's easy to not have on the forefront of your mind. And yeah, it's just a, it was a very frustrating but very empowering experience overall because my beliefs were really challenged. But I stood up for what I believed in at the end of the day, and despite like some social isolation and people making fun of me for my club and just and losing friends, I then did what I thought was right, which
1: was a a proud moment for me. I also feel like that's what all social activism should be about. Sticking to your morals. Yeah, true. Believing in yourself and your cause.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. (laughs) And then you also organized a walkout against gun violence, which I would love to hear more about because As we know, gun violence is a very prevalent issue in America, and it needs to be talked about. Go.
0: Another super fun experience. So I organized the walkout against gun violence in accordance with the Parkland shooting, and I actually signed my school up on the official like walkout website. And all of a sudden, I sent out an email to students, just being like, "Oh, hey guys, we're having this. Like, by receiving this email, you are in no way expected to come to this event. I just wanted to let you know about it." And feel free to forward this email onto anyone else. And a parent got a hold of that email, a parent of one of the students, and posted it on the Culver Academy's parents' Facebook page. And it just blew up. Everyone got so angry and started calling the dean and being like, Why is the student pushing her liberal ideals onto my student? Like, my, my son owns guns. He has no right participating in this. It was just absolutely absurd. And the dean sat me down. In her office, and was like, "Helen, the parents are calling for your head." Like, <laughs> oh my God. Like straight, like that is a straight quote. And she was like, "I, they're asking me to kick you out of school." And this is my senior year; I was about three months away from graduating. And I was like, "Oh,
1: <laughs> I would be Please no Yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't. She's like, "Do you want to get kicked out of school?" And I'm like, "Oh, I don't think so. Thank you, though, but probably not. I'd like yeah, to graduate." Thanks like for that. asking, but no. I'd like to have a high school degree. Thank right. you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad it's <that's> an option. <laughs> Yes, love to hear it. <laughs> all right, and now we're going to introduce you to my co-host, Marley Davis-Marthen, the one and only. She is a sophomore from Virginia, but moved to Colorado when she was eight, so pretty young. Being an only child, she developed a really good talent for talking to adults, and she became best friends with a ton of her teachers. One time, she gave her math teachers socks with their photo on them. Can you... What? Okay, first of all, why socks? Like... Get a t shirt or like a pillowcase. Why a gift with your face that will go on their feet?
1: Because I'm on a budget. (laughs) Hey. And socks were only twelve dollars customized. A t shirt, much more. Pillowcase, kinda creepy. Um
0: teacher snuggles with a yeah. picture of you at
1: night it's like a, my 35 Uh-oh. year old math teacher yeah. not problematic don't love that yeah um but they were actually really cool socks and he ha- he always wears cool socks so it was like a double whammy I knew what he liked and I loved being his friend so <laughs> I loved being his uh, I friend I put our photos on a pair of socks
0: <laughs> I like it I like it okay that that provides the context that was needed <laughs> okay all right so you did a lot of sports in high school. And your favorite was figure skating or maybe volleyball, but your least favorite was probably swimming because of chlorine. Did you ever work out during swim season and like you wouldn't be in the pool, but you like yes. go lift weights and you just sweat straight yes. chlorine? Yes. And yes. you'd yes. be yes. like, who brought
1: the swimming pool? And then you realized you, you. Were, you were the swimming pool. <laughs> what is it called? Like dry land or whatever? Like yeah. The yeah. Worst. Dry land. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Wait, do you want to talk a little bit more about sports?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a bunch of sports I did when I was really young, but my primary sports in high school were volleyball, basketball, and track and field. And I loved sports. because so many sports. Yeah. I was literally always at practice. People would be like, hey, do you want to hang out? I'm like, I can't. I have practice. Like, never available, but I loved yeah. it. So yeah, sports were a really, really big part of my life, but I loved doing them. Um, but I also was a really big advocate for women's sports at my high school because no one would attend any games for the women's teams, men's away basketball games would have more fans than women's home basketball games, which didn't make any sense to me. People were blatantly prioritizing men's sports for no reason other than it's quote-unquote more exciting or a better game, which just angered me to my core. So in high
0: school, you did a lot with the Lakota tribe, which is really awesome. I feel like I've heard that name before, but if you could talk a little bit more about it to provide some context, like what you did and what that area was like, that would be great.
1: Yeah, definitely. So the Lakota tribe is located on the Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota. Um, It's actually the poorest reservation in the United States. And so just to give some context to the area that I was working with, I have a few statistics about the area. Unemployment hovers around 80 to 85% for its residents and almost 50% of the community is below the federal poverty level. And about 85% of families are affected by alcoholism. So I just wanted to give those numbers to put it into perspective, you know, the environment I was working in when I worked with the Lakota tribe, um, because it was just a really sobering and impactful experience to work with them throughout high school. So Fairview Pine Ridge Connections was a club that I kind of co-started with a few of my friends, where we formed bonds with students on the reservation to, you know, bridge the gap between native and non-native communities in America because it's a really strained relationship as you probably know you know with the talks about pipelines and the lack of resources given to reservations and even just the small sizes of reservations in America our club worked to create bonds with Native American students and prove, you know, we're all the same. That sounds cheesy, but like showing that we're all kids at the end of the day. Yeah,
0: that sounds really empowering. Yeah. I know when we were talking a little bit about it before we started recording, you mentioned there was a sign about white men not being allowed on the reservation. Mm-hmm. How, how do you think, do you think that, that mentality changed? through your work.
1: So while I'm not white, a bunch of my friends that were in the club with me were white. And so it was a really difficult balance to strike because we didn't want to have that, you know, colonial imperialistic mindset going into the reservation mm-hmm. like we were just there to make friendships with them. We didn't want to act like we were saviors coming in to help them because they would be really wary of that and I would be too. Mm-hmm. So we really worked to bridge that gap while we were there.
0: Yeah, that's really really cool you started that. That's really awesome. Yeah. So, you love the mountains, skiing, the beach, your dogs? And Mexican food? You love watching, playing, talking about, learning about sports. So, (laughs) mouthful. And you love Steph Curry. Okay, you have to choose one of those. Who or what? I think I said who because I know the (laughs) answer.
1: Yeah, I'd choose Steph Curry. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, Marley, thank you for letting me introduce you and interview you. I hope you all enjoyed hearing about that. And Marley and I just quickly want to comment on what this podcast is going to be about and we are going to expect from it. I think Season one, especially, we really want to focus on the power of using your voice and how definitely. you can do that as a student. And we're going to do this by interviewing other students.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's really important to, no matter what you believe in, if you're like passionate about it, to use your voice to further that goal or that mission. Um, And it's something I'm still working to do at UNC because I felt like I did it a lot in high school, but continuing that into UNC. So I'm really excited to get to know other people who have accomplished that here. Yeah.
0: And it's really easy to get lost in the sauce here. Yeah. And just be like, oh, like what I care about isn't important. And by listening to this podcast, we just want to show you or just like empower you to understand what you care about is important and you can do something. And if that's a small walking extra five steps to recycle your plastic water bottle. Or if it's freaking leading a march through the quad, like we want you to do both of those and we want you to do all of those. It just, it just really depends on what you want and what makes you feel most powerful. So yeah, thank you so much for listening to our first episode of Heal Yeah,
1: the UNC podcast.
0: We hope you join
1: us next time. Yeah, so we'll see you on our next episode.
0: Why you get so flat?